And what is up, everyone? You're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast for Tuesday, December 15, 2020. And I'm Chip. I'm your host. And thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you'd like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fantasy Football. So please do me a favor. Hit subscribe. Hit the bell. So you don't miss any more episodes. It helps support the show. It means a lot. Um, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about all of the week 15 wave wire pickups, all the top guys on my list, and try to help you win in the semifinals for your fancy playoffs to get you to the championship game. But before we do that, let's go ahead and talk about the crazy Monday night football game. I mean, this was by far probably the game of the year. Um, you know, the Ravens were able to win this in the last minute, 47 to 42 against the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, this game started off kind of slow. You know, it was, you know, just one of those games where it just got better as the game went on. And when it comes to the fancy standpoint, Lamar Jackson continues to show up. I mean, he only had 163 yards and a touchdown um, passing. However, he had two touchdowns and over 124 yards or 124 yards rushing. So great game from Lamar Jackson. If you held on to Lamar Jackson and played him, you know, he is going to do really good things in the next coming couple weeks. So uh, Lamar Jackson continues to look like the Lamar Jackson from last year. And on the Cleveland side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, you know, it started off pretty, pretty crappy for him, but he turned it on in the second half. He ended the game with 343 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, but also gave you a rushing touchdown. You know, so Baker Mayfield continues to be a very consistent player, the you know, the last few weeks. And hopefully that continues going into week, you know, 15 against the Giants, but great game from Baker Mayfield. When it comes to running the ball, like I said, Lamar Jackson, he led the, the Ravens with nine carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins get 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. And Gus Edwards, seven carries for 49 yards and two touchdowns. So um, big rushing game. I mean, this was nine rushing touchdowns between the two teams, which is crazy to think about. But Nick Chubb, 17 carries for 82 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had a touchdown. And then, like I said, Bigger Mayfield had a touchdown as well. So pretty crazy night when it comes to rushing the football. Two teams who are known for it get you nine total touchdowns. So good game. Uh, when it comes to the wide receivers, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, they've been struggling a little bit with, with Marquise Brown and, you know, their offense and just, you know, passing the ball. But, you know, honestly, Mark Andrews came back and finally he got a five, you know, five catches for 78 yards and six, tu- you know, six targets. Marquise Brown, really, really quiet game, had to deal some drops, but then he got a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So you got you two catches for 50 yards and a touchdown on the Cleveland side of the ball. Cream Hunt led with six catches on uh, in 77 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had three receptions for 74 yards on five targets and then Rashard Higgins had six catches for 68 yards and one touchdown on 10 targets. So, you know, Jarvis Landry is pretty quiet. He had six catches for 52 yards. But um, overall, a pretty, pretty crazy game. It was fun to watch. I mean, um, in my one league that I always reference on the podcast, we had, uh, you know, the two guys in my division going, you know, tonight and or last night, I should say. And um, he was down by 30. I want to say it was like 30 something points. I If I not mistaken and it was looking pretty pretty bad and all of a sudden it got to the point where Lamar Jackson was going off and he lost by four points but I wonder is because 
Lamar Jackson left the field because of having quote unquote cramps. My guess is he had Mother Nature called, had to take care of uh, number two, and then came back on the field. But I think that, I mean, it could have legitimately been that he had cramps, but I don't know. I mean, usually when players go to the field like, you know, that quick, they got to take care of some some uh, bodily functions. So who knows? But overall, I mean, this is a uh, a good a good game for Monday night. So with that being the case, let's go into all the waiver wire pickups for week 15. Now I'm going to start with the quarterback position. And honestly, my number one quarterback right now, the pickup is Jalen Hurts. You know, he is 13% owned. He had 167 yards passing and a touchdown on Sunday, but he gave you another 106 yards on the ground and another rushing touchdown. So, you know, I think that because he gives you so much on the ground, he has a safe floor. Now, this is only one game sample size, right? You know, obviously the passing could be a lot better, but he's one of those guys that can be a, a true dual threat that gives you a safe floor. He does get Arizona and Dallas in the next two games. So if you're playing in a two-quarterback league, might be a guy that you you decide to start because of this, the possibility of a safe floor and that offense looking a lot better with Jalen Hurts in there because of the, the dual threat capability. So I think he's a decent guy to pick up. My next quarterback is Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. He's 15% owned. You know, he plays Minnesota and Jacksonville in the next two games. You know, he had 31 PPR points on Sunday. And he goes, you know, against Houston. So now he goes against Minnesota and Jacksonville, like I said, in the next two games. So you look at options, you look about who you can stream to get you the most, you know, most points possible based on the matchups. And honestly, I mean, Mitchell Trubisky, he's averaging about 37.6 pass attempts per game. Since he's been back, he's thrown seven touchdown passes. So I don't think, you know, like I said, it usually can be ugly if you're watching the games, but this is, like I said, this is like Baker Mayfield from, or I'm talking, uh, this is like uh, Blake Bortles from a, from 2017, where he's a, not a very good NFL quarterback, but because of the, the roster structure and the offense and the garbage time, like it becomes to be a decent fancy game. And just like last year with Ryan, Fitzbat- Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, you're going to have quarterbacks that have good matchups that could get you some fancy points to help you win a championship. So just because of Mitchell Trubisky, don't feel like you can't play him, you know, just because of, you know, the ups and downs that he's been dealing with all season long. And then my third quarterback, I just talked about him, Baker Mayfield. Now he's 30, 32% owned. He goes against the New York Giants and New York Jets in the next two games. Now on Monday night, like I said, he was 28 for 47 for 343 yards and two touchdowns. And then he had a rushing touchdown. Now, I mean, he's been playing unbelievably well. Like he's been, you know, one of those guys who stayed consistent for the last few weeks. We had a few weeks where he had single digit fancy points. Now he's just on fire. Now I know the Giants have a pretty tough pass defense, but you know, this is the same Giants defense who shut down Russell Wilson, you know, so that's what makes me a little bit concerned about Baker Mayfield, but it's still something that I, I don't want to bet against Baker Mayfield. I think that it in the last three games he showed you consistency so i think that he definitely can uh can be a streamer this week against the giants so those are my three quarterbacks i think are good waiver wire pickups and running back these these are a lot of names that are kind of probably one week rental type of guys guys that you know are getting more playing time due to the starter either being out or just not producing and now my first running back on my list is lynn uh lynn bowden jr now, this is the wide receiver running back for the Miami Dolphins. Now, Miles Gaskins is supposed to be out for week 15 as well. So with that being the case, you kind of look at what 
what options you get from a position that you can, you really need or you need like a boost for. And I think honestly, Lynn Bowden Jr. I know he had, he's only one percent owned. Now he did carry the ball only one time for two yards, but he got seven receptions for eighty-two yards on nine targets. So what I'm saying is, I think you know DeAndre Washington is another guy on my list. They're both Dolphins running backs, and he's nineteen percent owned. And on Sunday he had thirteen carries for fifty or for thirty-five yards. So I'm trying to think of a guy who. If you're in PPR formats, who's going to be the better option for you if you really need a flex or um, some upside? Because I want to try to it's it's this is winter go home now and you can't be timid on playing certain players because of being fearful of the production. I mean, you have to you have to play these guys. Um, if it's your best chance to win, if you can't find anyone better on the waiver wire, you don't have anybody, anybody better on your bench. It's all about opportunity. And for him gain nine targets as a running back, now I understand he has not run the ball. He didn't run the ball very well, but he's he's a hybrid wide receiver running back. So maybe against the Patriots on Sunday, he gets a little more opportunities on the ground. But I still think that if I had to choose between Lynn Bowden Jr. and DeAndre Washington to start, I'm going to play Bowden Jr. This is my opinion. But um, those are the two guys on my list. Now going to uh, the Cowboys, Tommy Pollard. I've been saying this name for a couple of weeks now. I still think if you're a Zeke owner, you have to have Tony Pollard as a handcuff, but Tony Pollard is 20% owned. And on Sunday, Tony Pollard had 11 carries for 39 yards. Now Zeke only had 12 carries for 48 yards. Like this is Zeke. This is not the Zeke that we know of. Like this is a very mediocre um, production of what Zeke is. I mean, Zeke is a guy that should be gained averaging about 18 to 25 PPR points per game based on his, his running ability his pass catching ability. Now, like I said, Dak Prescott has been, you know, a real hit to him because they just don't, the offense is not the same and their offensive line is not the same. So honestly, I mean, is it, is it going to be more Tony Pollard going forward? I don't think so. But um, when you see the carries with Zeke going to get one more carry than, than Tony Pollard, I mean, it's, it makes you wonder like, um, is Tony Pollard a good, maybe a good flex in deeper leagues? I don't know, but just something to monitor. My next running back is Carlos Hyde. Now he's 24% owned in the same situation that Zeke and Tony Pollard are in. So Chris Carson on Sunday had 12 carries for 76 yards and a touchdown. Now he's still dealing with some foot soreness and everything like that. So Carlos Hyde, he had 15 carries for 66 yards. So he led the backfield in carries. Now this could be just because Carlos or uh, Chris Carson is still trying to recover from his foot injury. And I've, I've noticed when I watch the Seattle Seahawks games that Chris Carson comes, you know, he plays, but it looks like when they get close to the goal line, he's the guy that is going to be in, you know, you know, in the game. So that's why obviously Chris Carson is a back you want to own, but Carlos high, it's definitely based on his production he had on Sunday. It's not a bad flex. If you're in deeper leagues, just because he's getting the opportunities. I mean, it's right here that the, the, the Seahawks are a run first team and, he got enough carries to make me feel okay about if I need to play him in a pinch in a flex, I I would. And then my last white, uh, running back is Ito Smith. Now, Ito Smith, he's only 3% owned. And on Sunday, he had 11 carries for 42 yards. He had more carries than Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had six carries for 19 yards. Ito Smith right now is just a better running back. You know, I know Todd Gurley has the name. He's definitely a talented player. But right now, Ito Smith is the more elusive guy. You know, it's just, it's just true facts. I mean... Todd Gurley definitely is the guy that's going to get the goal line work and the touchdowns. But I think Ito Smith, if like 
if, if Todd Gurley doesn't score any points or any touchdowns, then he doesn't really have a good fancy day. So he's touchdown dependent where I feel like Ito Smith is not where he's good out of the backfield as a, as a receiver. He definitely can rush the ball. So I think Ito Smith is a decent, you know, decent play there. They play Tampa Bay though this weekend. They're, they're the top rush defense. So that could be a, that, that could be a very hard matchup to play Ito Smith, but just something to look at. Now, going on to the wide receiver position, my number one wide receiver right now is Nelson Aguilar. Now, he's 27% owned. On Sunday, he had five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. You know, Honestly, since week 11, he's had 35 targets. He's still third on the Raiders with overall and target share. Now, he gets the Chargers at week 15, so a decent matchup. I think you know he's the guy right now. You got to think about... You know, obviously Darren Waller is the main target, and then I think obviously Nelson Aguilar is the the second one in the rings of what it is now. Uh, so I think that Nelson Aguilar could be a good pickup. He could be. He's very volatile. You know, he had you know he had eleven targets a couple weeks ago. He had nine targets this week. So I mean, I think it's definitely a a decent a decent pickup. So hopefully, hopefully it'll be a good you know a good pickup for you that you could play him with confidence. Um, my second. Wide receiver is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Now, he's 15% owned. He has six catches for 85 yards and a touchdown on six targets. He still continues to be the second you know, in target share for the Packers behind Devontae Adams. Now, when Alan Lazard came back, there was a chance that Alan Lazard was going to take over that number two wide receiver role. However, the, the Packers are still trying to get him back to full, you know, full workload. But it may be a little too, little too late. I think that you know, look at Alan Lazard on Sunday. Only had three targets. So, is he is he is he going? Is he playing one hundred percent healthy? We don't know. I mean, it's still based on his snap count and his target share. It doesn't look like he's one hundred percent healthy yet. But um, we only got two more weeks of the fantasy you know season. So hopefully he he'll make some production there. Um, and then my third my third player on my list was Chad Hansen. He was on the he's the Houston Texans wide receiver who had a pretty good game, but. I took him off this list because he reverted back to the practice squad. You know, they put him back on the practice squad on Monday. So um, Chad, Chad Hansen for me is not a guy that I'm even going to go after because it's, I think that will be a wasted waiver wire pickup. Um, and then fourth is Russell Gage. Now he's 11% owned. He had five catches for 82 yards and seven targets. He had 20 PPR points on Sunday. Now I think Russell Gage is a good player to have if Julio Jones continues to miss time. If Julio Jones is out against Tampa Bay, I think Russell Gage continues to be a decent pickup. Um, obviously because Kyle Ridley is number one and Hayden Hurst has not had very good games the last few weeks. So I think Russell, Russell Gage continues to be, um, the second in the target share. So I do think that that could be a decent, you know, a decent outing for, for Russell Gage this week against Tampa. Then my fifth wide receiver is James Washington. Now he's 3% owned on Sunday. He had three catches for 29 yards and a touchdown on six targets. Now the reason why I have James Watson on this list is because Deontay Johnson. So Deontay Johnson has been dealing with a lot of drops this season. He had two drops on Sunday night. And Mike Tomlin is known for saying, look, if you can't catch the ball, we're going to find somebody who can, regardless of who you are. So that touchdown that James Washington had would have been a touchdown to Deontay, John- uh, Deont- uh, Deontay Johnson. But, you know, Mike Tomlin's not going to deal with that. Mike Tomlin wants people who are going to catch the ball consistently be on the field. So, um, this is just a speculative ad. I don't think that it's somebody that you're going to go and pick up and play, but you never know. You may this may be one of those boomer bust type of players where you're like, you know what? I just I need a, I just need something to happen. I'll play them just to see 
but I think James Washington is a decent enough pickup just to just to see. And then my next wide receiver is Prashad Perriman. Now he's seventeen percent owned. Now you know he had he was he had three catches for twenty six yards and six targets on Sunday. Awful game. You know Denzel Mims being out. You thought that maybe with that being the case, the production would be there, but it wasn't. Um, now Denzel Mims comes back. They do play the Rams though, so I I don't think this is a guy you go out and, and pick. It's just a name to put out there just in case you need somebody to play. But Bashad Perriman not, didn't have a good game in Week 14, and then plays one of the top defenses in Week six or Week 15. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't look I don't feel good about it, but. I still got to do, you know, my due diligence and, and put these names out there just in case you're looking for options. And then my, my last wide receiver is Gabriel Davis. Now on Sunday, he had three catches for 19 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. And honestly, he's actually, he leads the Buffalo Bills in touchdowns with six uh, touchdowns. So take that with a grain of salt if you want or whatever you, whatever case you want to make of it. But he's been doing a lot better because John Brown has been out. So when John Brown was out, you know, you saw an uptick with, with Gabriel Davis and Cole Beasley, but it looks like John Brown is is trying to practice this week and try to come back for week 15. So if that's the case, do you really want to play Gabriel Davis if you're you're trying to win your semifinals? I'm not going to play that game. Um, if you're in a deeper league, then yeah, that's something that you may have to consider. But if you're in smaller leagues, Gabriel Davis may be a guy you add just to keep your other opponents, you know, on your in your league to to get somebody else on the roster that they could play. You know, this is the time of year where you're not going to have as many waiver wire pickups from your team because if you're if you have uh, like we have a what's called a suck ball. So every we have ten guys in our league, and the six guys go to the playoffs. The four guys go to the suck ball. Like they have their their battle to to not come in last place. So there's always going to be waiver wire pickups throughout the season. That's or throughout these playoffs weeks, even if you're in the playoffs or not. Because you're fighting for last, you're fighting to not get last place because we give out a trophy if you you know lose the league and all that stuff, and it's just something that you try to have pride and try to win every single week. So most leagues should have something like that where you're having people pick up you know waiver wire guys and you don't have people check out too early. So, but it happens where rather than having a fight against for a player for you know ten different players or with ten different league mates, you you may have you know, right now there's what four teams left, so you may only have four guys going up, going after waiver wire targets. But you know, it's just one of those things where this is the time of year you want to play defense. You try to look ahead to other, you know, players and maybe defenses and all that because you want to make sure you have the best roster and try to get ahead of the curve. But um, this is what you do in, in the fancy playoffs, regardless of how many people are still active and playing. You always want to play defense and make sure that other team doesn't get a player that they can use against you to beat you. Um, and now going on to the tight end position. <clears throat> I have Jordan Reed. He's he's been on my list for a few weeks. He's owned in 14% of leagues. You know, he does get Dallas and Arizona and the rest of the playoffs. You know, he didn't have a very good game on Sunday. The four, whole four hour team didn't really have a good game overall, like just the team overall. But he had two catches for 13 yards and five targets. I still believe that Jordan Reed, you know, he's gonna have these up and down games. But I do think that because of the target share, because of the offense, now Debo Samuel's now back out with a hamstring could give you an opportunity for Jordan Reed to get more targets. So that's something that I still think Jordan Reed still should be added in most leagues if you really need a tight end, if you don't have any of the top five tight ends. And then my second tight end is Dalton Schultz. He's 25% owned. Now, uh, he had three catches for three, four, three, four yards on Sunday. Now, this was 
the least amount of targets. He had three targets. So this is the, the, the least amount of targets he's seen since week five. Now you get San Francisco, you know, in week 15. And not the best matchup, but it's still somebody that you could add if you need somebody that, you know, that gets consistently targeted. So that's what you want. Tight ends that continue to get targeted, that you've seen consistently throughout the whole season. Dalton Schultz has been that, even though the production has not always been there. Now going on to my my next tight end is Irv Smith Jr. Now he's 5% owned. You know, on Sunday against Tampa Bay, he had four catches for 63 yards and a touchdown on four targets. Now, Kyle Rudolph did miss this game, so this gave more opportunity for Irv Smith Jr. Now, they do get the Minnesota Vikings do play the Bears in Week 15, which isn't an awful matchup. I think that, you know, it's definitely determining if Kyle Rudolph plays. If Kyle Rudolph plays, then I'm going to back off and fade Irv Smith Jr. a little bit. But I still think Irv Smith is really talented. I still think that he's still someone that you could stream if you had to, if Kyle Rudolph is out. But um, somebody that I wanted to mention of going into week 15. And my last tight end on this list coming from the same game is going to be Cole Komet. Now, Cole Komet is only 5% owned. He's a tight end for the Bears. On Sunday, he was 4 for 41 on seven targets. Now, there's two games in a row that he's had seven targets. And honestly, he's averaging 11.4 PPR points per game, you know, in the last two games. So that's definitely a good thing to see. They get Minnesota in week 15. You know, so if you're looking for a tight end to stream or pivot to, or you have an injury or whatever the case may be, um, this may be a guy. It's not, it's not a known name, but you're looking for, you're looking for production and that's what you want. Like this week I played, now I had a bye week, so it didn't really matter, but I always play my lineup like I'm playing that week and I had no offense, no offense. Uh, my starter, he got me zero points. He left the game because of an illness. He wasn't targeted until like he wasn't targeted at all before he went out of the game. And my second tight end was Hayden Hurst. And Hayden Hurst had up like one catch for seven yards. So that's how bad tight end is this year. Like it's there's not consistency. So you want to find anything you can from production standpoint just to get points. You hate to see a, a position get a goose egg. And sometimes it happens. And it, not, it might not be the biggest names out there, but at least they're going to get you from having a goose egg. So so that's it for today's episode. That's all my top waiver wide pickups for week 15. Hopefully these guys can help you win a semifinals so you get you to the championship. So you know, it's one of those things where you also got to look at what players get dropped. If certain players get dropped, they may be better than players that you're going to add. So always look at what your fancy league mates are are dropping in, in order to pick up free agents. So um, with that being the case, you know, on Thursday, I'll be previewing the Thursday night football game and what my starting sits will be for that game. But also hit subscribe so you don't miss that episode. And then if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us over on Twitter and Facebook at The Great Iron Pod. We're on Instagram at Great Iron Fantasy Football. So, that being the case, hope you get all your top waiver wire pickups for week 15, and we'll see you on Thursday. Take care.